Welcome back, everyone, to Random's Thoughts. It's been a little while since we had a recording of this type, but for you audio listeners out there, you may recognize another voice that's on this podcast. Hi. How's it going? Welcome back, wife. Hi, husband. It's been a little while since you were on one of these recordings. It's actually probably been a couple years now. Yeah, it's been at least a year and a half. Yeah, it's Um, been a while, but... People probably thought you, like, chopped me up and hit me in the walls. Whole Edgar Allan Poe thing. <laughs> yeah, that's know? that's obviously the first thing that would go across people's minds as to why I'm you would be absent on the podcast. I'm assuming. Like, it, it's a thing. Is it, though? It, whole Telltale Harding it, it's a thing. It could happen. Is I don't know. Is it, though? I, I'm, I don't watch enough true crime to really be sure, but I think it's a thing. Well, either way, we are going to be discussing something that is rather violent. So I guess yes, that kind of set the mood to some extent, as weird as that may sound. That's what I was going for. It, is it? Was it, though? I'm, I'm going to stick by that. Sure. So we're here tonight to discuss something that is near and dear to my heart, but probably not as near and dear to yours, wife. And that no, is... not even a little bit. The Mortal Kombat movie, Mortal Kombat 2021. Now, you'll notice I have what I guess is an old movie poster up on screen at the moment because it still says the April 16 date instead of April 23rd when it actually hit, well, for us, HBO Max, because I'm not setting foot in a theater. Let's put it that way. No, not there yet. Not mentally there yet. Now, let's be real. I wouldn't have set foot in a theater to begin with, so it doesn't no, really matter. Totally but there were other... You all the excuses to not be social. Yeah, there are other excuses wanted. this time, as you know, everybody's well aware how the world is working at the moment. But movie did come out. I was able to watch it on HBO Max. I actually saw it twice prior to this recording. Wife, you saw it once with me. Uh, uh-huh. And you were relatively enthusiastic about seeing it. Uh, before we dive too far into it, how enthusiastic were you really? Like, did you actually want to see this or what? No, I was making you happy. You didn't have um, to see it. Like, I didn't I, drag so you I into guess, it. Well, we should give... So, husband plays all the Mortal Kombat video games. I am the type of person that sees a speck of blood in real life and starts to feel woozy and potentially pass out. So, the first time when we were dating, when I don't even remember what Mortal Kombat came out, and I saw the first fatality... With, like, the bone shots, I left the room, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I got in the car and drove away for a little while. Um, I could see how Mortal Kombat could have that effect on you. I mean, there was there was this little <laughs> thing that happened in the 90s around when it was released. You know, it was kind of a big deal where people were actively losing their minds and what the future was going to hold for, we must save the children. Yeah. Um, so I don't do violence generally at all um or it's i i don't do gore i don't do gore really and um this just hits all those points for me like mostly broken bones are like my my thing that i can't handle um so i found out that this mortal Kombat movie was going to be happening because um the second it was announced uh husband comes running into the room all like a little puppy dog so excited something Um, like that yeah, that is exactly what happened. And uh, shows me this sneak preview trailer. And I was, you know, a little bit terrified of what the future would bring. Um, but then this April came around. And I was feeling tough. I was feeling tough. How so tough were I you? Decided, I was, hey, hey, hey. I only <laughs> hid my head 
twice. Every time something twice. happened? Or no. Possibly no. was going to happen? No. <laughs> Two or three times. Uh, I think I would, I would venture to guess it was a little bit more than that, but that's not the important four. part. I was brave. Um, so I sat down with husband um, on his second viewing. He had to screen it first to make sure like I could pretend to handle it. Um, I'm pretty and... sure I told you that you would not be able to handle it and you decided to brave it anyway. Yeah, because that pissed me off. I, had to <laughs> <be wrong. laughs> I may or may not know how to uh, influence your decision making after these all these years. Maybe yeah. just a little bit. So then we sat down and we watched the Mortal Kombat movie. And now here I am talking about the Mortal Kombat movie. So I enjoyed it. So it's been a while since we did a quote unquote off topic discussion, which at this point there isn't really a topic. So is it off topic? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a chat. It's a chat. We'll say so. We do have some of our real life friends that kind of listen to some of our other podcasts and would always just, you know, grin and nod figuratively because obviously you know they were listening to it across the country or something but we'll see if they find this particular one since it's uh more general media related i guess since they could hypothetically go watch this see if they find it more entertaining and hopefully everybody out there does as well but now that we have the background me being the mortal kombat fan i've been playing it since mortal kombat one i distinctly have like there are core memories of my youth all the way through that i can recall distinct moments where Mortal Kombat was a part of my life. Like, I distinctly (laughs) remember certain days where certain things happened, and it was like, I went home and played Mortal Kombat, or I was doing this, and then something with Mortal Kombat happened. As compared to you, wife, who... I mean, I'm sure you knew of it before we met. So, I thought... um... I thought Tekken was the same thing as Mortal Kombat for a very, 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 very long time. Probably like two or three years I mean, into dating technically you. Technically, they're the same genre. <laughs> yeah. Um. I and so like you're talking about Mortal Kombat, and in my head, I was always like, oh yeah, like with the wood chick that like punches people because that was always the character that I played. <laughs> um. So I, I mean, to be fair, was... the living wood is a level, so I could see the confusion. Yeah, I mean, um, it's totally not the reason why, but I'll take it. I know. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm learning. It's been a learning curve for the past years that we've been together. Well, so let, let's get into it. Coming in, obviously, you, you weren't, like, watching the trailers. You weren't, you know, scoping out what all the, the news and the drama, because obviously, as I mentioned earlier, the movie got delayed a little bit, and people were questioning, who is this new guy? And we'll we'll talk about that later. I'll be honest, I, as wife mentioned earlier, I'm just not a movie person. I'm not a TV person. I don't sit and watch stuff. I'm doing things, Uh, whether it's, you know, I'm making something, I'm doing stuff with all the toys that I collect, I'm playing video games such as Mortal Kombat. Uh, Even when I'm watching Twitch streams, I'm usually doing something else, not just solely watching the stream. So it's very rare for me to sit down for a movie, and I was very excited for this one, as wife outlined, I'm a big fan. I One of the core memories that I mentioned earlier was going to see the 95 movie, which will come up as part of this. And I went in very excited, which is often a recipe for disaster. Yes. Uh, going in excited to anything, it's just asking for the worst to happen. Because no matter what, often no matter how many times you try, it'll just flat out not live up to your expectations because you're so built up for it. Now, I can confidently say, and I'm going to pitch it to you in a second, White, but I can confidently say that I had a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this movie. The too long didn't 
listen, I guess, is I would recommend this movie to watch for people. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun. I'm As soon as I finished the first viewing, I wanted to watch it again. And then after the second viewing, I wanted to watch it again. And now as we're talking about it, I want to go watch it again. <laughs> And it sounds ridiculous, but, like, I had so much fun. There was not a scene, well, maybe not literally not a scene. I'm sure there was a part that we'll get to where I was like, all right, this is dragging. But pretty much from start to finish, I was having fun, and I wanted to know what happened next, which is, in all honesty, a lot of shows, a lot of movies, books, other media that people hand to us and say, oh, yeah, this is real exciting. This is really cool, or this is the popular thing right now in the the general consciousness I'm kind of bored and you and I have gone through that with a number of shows and movies where we started them and it's just like I don't I don't get it one day we will get past episode two of Game of Thrones no it ain't gonna happen like look that show is terrible I'm sorry and we probably just lost a whole bunch of people but like look that show is just boring I, I I didn't even think it was boring. This people irritated me, but that's just, that's another podcast. Maybe that's part of the draw that people just get irritated. Yeah, you're right. It's another podcast. We're gonna digress. Yeah. So. What about you, wife? Like into. So I mean, you were excited. I you were excited for the movie. Um, and when you came upstairs and told me that I wouldn't be able to handle it, then I obviously had to freaking handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, of course. So. I think I saw one trailer. Like, I think I showed very... you the Sub Zero Scorpion trailer, the seven minute yeah. one where it's the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, and and I don't even think you showed me all of that because you're like, oh, you're not going to be able to handle this. No, no, you walked away at and oh, by the way, before we get too far into it, in case anybody wasn't sure, there were go- there are clearly going to be spoilers for this. So, yeah. Um, I, yeah. The begin and this was on the trailer in the first seven minutes. So for God's sake, come here, break. But I'm pretty sure you gave up when Scorpion just jams his katana straight down through somebody's dome piece. Yeah, yeah, that was that was the exact point where I walked away. Um, and also, like when I I don't deal with violence against children well, so that was another point where I was like, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody does. Let's be real. I know this is true, but like I'm that's that that scene. Well, before it's don't so get too far into it because well, that's the first part of the movie. Yeah. So, did, what else? Like, did you go in excited? Did you go in expecting anything? Like, did you think it was going to be terrible? Did you think it was going to be good? Or did you just worried that you were going to vomit halfway through? I mostly just worried I was going to vomit halfway through. Um, I don't know why. Like initially, I thought it was just going to be a redo of the '95 movie. Obviously, that was not the case. Mm. Um. So, like, I was expecting to see Johnny Cage and Sonia and, like, all the people that I know. And, like, and by all the people I know, I mean literally the only, like, three <laughs> characters that I know. It's funny because the two um, you named I do not have toys of. So, like, they, I would have expected you to name Scorpion or Sub-Zero or Goro or somebody that, like, is sitting on a shelf next to me. Like, I'm pointing this no, way like anybody can it, see. But <laughs> it, it took until this movie for me to finally be able to tell scorpion and sub-zero apart just by sight so like fair let's uh let's relax that um (laughs) so i yeah i kind of went into it just be like all right it's gonna be a mortal Kombat movie and maybe there'll be some quippy lines that was some quippy lines she says yes (laughs) little little did you know (laughs) 
<laughs> so did I know uh, I so, would be quoting this freaking movie for the next three days. Yep. So let let's get into it. Opening scene. I'm gonna let you try and restate the first comment you made to me. So we we have the opening scene where uh, Scorpion's interacting with his family. You have the adorable moment with his wife. And then he leaves to go on an errand, and then the Lin Kuei show up with, with Bihan leading them. And what, do you remember what no. the first thing you turned to me and said? Yeah, I said, why are the Death Eaters in feudal Japan? Exactly, because I'm not going to lie, yeah, the, it, that kind of went through my head, too, when they I first saw like the trailer. The, the masks like do, it's and not... I, yeah, go ahead. I openly admit, um, I do i was a history major i study history uh japanese history is a big blank point in my knowledge and same with chinese history i know a little bit um Mm. but so maybe there's something there historically that it fits well the mass and the the men pose do have to my knowledge and i'm by no means a a uh, chinese or japanese historian but they do it is well, as I understand it, it's common to have some kind of, you know, like the mask would look like something. Those particular ones, no idea. Like, yeah, I don't know I, if that's a specific thing. As far as I'm concerned with my current knowledge base, it looked like Death Eaters masks, and I'm sticking with that. Yeah, which is, it was kind of a, a laugh at an unintentional point as opposed to many other points in the movie. But the opening scene is very reminiscent of last year's animated movie, Scorpion's Revenge, which is another retelling of the Mortal Kombat story, but much truer to the actual Mortal Kombat story as compared to this one, which definitely took some artistic liberties, and we'll elaborate on that as we go through. Now, I don't want to tackle the whole movie scene by scene, but we'll call out some specific things. I thought the opening scene was really cool. It immediately gets you into stuff. It says, okay, here are two of the main characters. There's obvious reasons for them to hate each other. You see the foreshadowing with both Scorpion disappearing, the mark on his arm, his only surviving child, Raiden disappearing, although we don't know technically who Raiden is at that point. Obviously, everybody knows who's a Mortal Kombat fan. Like, did this get you interested, wife? Did you care? Um, Yeah, it got me interested. I do. Um, I still kind of stick by the fact that there's no way that baby stayed quiet that whole long, but, you know, plot. That is a good point, and Raiden just randomly picking up the baby, and it, it didn't really, like, just go nuts. I mean, sometimes, right? you know, you hand a baby to a relative, and the baby just goes berserk, like, not happy. And then other times, other people can pick up the baby, and it doesn't matter. So maybe Raiden just has that soothing effect. Yeah, um... I wouldn't call Raiden soothing by any means, but yeah, maybe. Who well, knows? I mean, I do agree with you uh, that yeah. it, one there's there's a couple quibbles that I have with the movie, and one of them, like, okay, I get it's for plot consistency, and we may be harping on something that's irrelevant, but like, you put, the, the kid was crying, you soothe the kid, oh no, something's happening, you put him in a hole, <laughs> like, under the floorboards, and that kid takes not a sound, like, zero shot that's happening. Yeah. But, um, but plot concession. That was. Um, but yeah, the beginning scene drew me in. Mm-hmm. Um, I was upset to uh, find out that Scorpion, like you know, you see this and you're like, oh, Scorpion's a nice dude, and I guess not. Um, from everything that you were telling me. Yeah, but you don't I'm really get that from him. the movie. Like, yeah. I don't think there's any point where they go, they give you the impression that Scorpion's a bad guy. But yeah. uh. 
but then he wasn't exactly a good guy either yeah with the history lesson of yeah. why he's a douche. Um, now, it could be true. They changed a lot of things in this universe, so maybe Scorpion's just, just, uh, air quotes, a great ninja, as Raiden describes later in the movie. But yeah. uh, um, historically, Scorpion has some uh, blood on his hands as well. Yeah. Just a, so, just a tad. Just a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, I, re- I really liked the beginning. I thought it worked itself well. So I will introduce one thing that bothered me about this before we get into Cole, and I'm sure we'll have an extended discussion about Cole because that is what I believe to be most people's complaints about the movie. Uh, But before we get to that, one plot hole, for those of you that's seen the movie, I'm not real clear on how the dragon marking works. And by that, I mean it's told to us directly that if someone without a mark kills someone with a mark, then... They take that mark. That's how Jax got his. That's how Kano got his. Ultimately, Sonya gets hers. And presumably, a number of the other characters did. It doesn't really explain what happens when someone who has a mark, and presumably Bihan did at the time that he kills, killed Hanzo. Why did that mark pass down? And did, like, if the chosen ones kill another chosen one. A marking person kills another marking person. Does it just like consume the mark and it goes away? Or obviously it passes down the bloodline? I'm not real clear how that works because it seems a little weird. Yeah, I feel, I kind of think it as there's a finite number of marks in the world. But um, then at the end, and I know we're jumping to the end, like Raiden says, oh, well, I'll go find more champions. So is it like... Yeah, so then you're like, uh, maybe it's not. I don't know. So unless Raiden, because this is, the, and again, we're jumping to the end, but we'll come back. Johnny Cage is teased at the end, which is cool. And there's a lot of jokes about Ryan Reynolds or The Miz becoming Johnny Cage, which would be awesome. Um, but if Johnny Cage is a movie star, then that potentially implies that he also has this birthmark as opposed to... You know, presumably he didn't murder someone for it. I mean, it is Johnny Cage, though. Uh, yeah, he's kind of a dick, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he murdered somebody. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, it, it, we'll have to see how this plays out, because when Raiden says, well, I'll find more champions, does that mean he taps people and they become champions? Or, you know, how does that work? Or We'll have to see. They have to we elaborate on it more. As the world continues. What was that? I said we will find out as this universe continues. And hopefully it will, because I allegedly some of the main actors signed on for like five movies. So I'm very curious. Plus, of course, Shang Tsung's line again at the end where he says death isn't just another portal. I assume we're going to see these characters resurrected. Mortal Kombat is famous, of course, for characters going in and out of the nether realm and coming back from the dead, even in the most recent iterations. So really anything could happen. And... That's one other comment that I wanted to make that goes into the Mortal Kombat lore end of things. And the most recent one, again, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't played the new Mortal Mortal Kombat 11 or uh, the Aftermath DLC. But there's this big time travel thing. And it's alluded to that one of the the elder, elder gods, Kronika, the big bad, has been resetting time over and over and over and over and over and over again. And the plot of this game is that she wants to eliminate Raiden because Raiden keeps screwing it up for her. I mean... And they do this like big flashback when she does her great big villain speech and explains to Raiden everything that's happening about how she always forces Liu Kang and Raiden to fight. Now, this doesn't happen in this movie, but I'm getting to why it matters to the movie. 
So they show all of these scenes in like a pseudo flashback of Raiden and Liu Kang looking slightly different and, you know, one of those rapid fire things where it's like flash, then quicker flash, then quicker flash, quicker flash, quicker, quicker flash sort of thing, showing all these different variations. And to me, that kind of leads to where the artistic uh, liberties were taken with this movie, where if the Mortal Kombat story has played out so many times like this in the quote unquote canon universe, I'm fine with all of these things being different because Mortal Kombat has kind of ascended to a myth or legend status where it's, oh, well, I heard the story told this way. Oh, well, I heard that this character did this. Oh, no, 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 they They fought in this other battle and that's where they died. Not at that other one. That was just, you know, a hoax or whatever. And I think that having these different variations is fine. Is yeah. this a... Like, you can make an argument that this isn't a good Mortal Kombat movie because it it deviates so much from the source material, but it still has enough to be labeled Mortal Kombat, in my opinion. However, I think that it's a a nice variation, and, you know, it's fine. I, like you put it earlier, I'm looking forward to seeing how this universe, this universe of Mortal Kombat evolves. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things. You gotta see how it goes. Um, and I... I know some people, obviously, I'm not a purist to this, so, like, but you just got to take it as it comes, and I like taking movies and things for what they are, and then not Mm -hmm. trying to compare them to what I already know. Now, obviously, that was much easier for me with this, because I don't know anything, so (laughs) made it easy. Fair. I mean, it it is a tough thing, and I, I can't disagree with people that didn't like the movie simply because, oh, well, this is not Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And this is not the Mortal Kombat I expect. Like, who the hell is Cole Young? Why can he just get punched in the face and the dick at the same time by Goro and he doesn't explode into paste? Like, Because he's cool. And because he has literal plot armor. That's yes. the joke. <laughs> he, yes, his, his arcana is plot armor, which is actually kind of funny, but we'll get there. Uh, but anyway, so moving from there, that actually does bring us to Cole, which is part of why I did the whole dissertation thing. Honestly... I like Cole. I would be cool, although I'm sure people would shit an absolute brick if Cole showed up as DLC in a future Mortal Kombat. I think it would be fun. I don't know why people would hate that. I think it's cool that he had Tonfos. There have been characters that use Tonfos in the past in Mortal Kombat. Uh, I think his Arcana, which we'll get to when we talk about that in more detail, but I think it's cool. It obviously evokes the, the friendship bracelet or whatever the hell his daughter gave him. Yeah. Um, and I think it does explain away a lot of things. It, it, it's an action movie, and it, you take and have to accept certain levels of, like, you know, you, you watch an old Schwarzenegger movie or an old Stallone movie or a Jason Statham movie or whatever, and it's like no human being can actually sustain that level of punishment. Yeah. Like, it's just not going to happen. But you accept it because it's the action movie and they're the hero. I think a lot of people probably went in saying, I don't like Cole. So then it's easier to then go to the next step, which is there's no reason that Cole should be able to do this thing. Yeah. And I, I think that's probably likely. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like Cole. Um, like even from the beginning, um, sometimes I thought his deliberate, like 
as an actor, the delivery might have been a little flat, but in general, I like the character. See, I liked his... I, liked, I mean, I don't know anything about acting, but finish your thought, and then I have a, a, something um, to ask you for him. <laughs> I, I like... But I like his storyline. Like, you know, he's I just, thought it was reasonable. Yeah. And I liked that, you know... One thing I really liked about it is he has an established family. I feel like a lot of times it's like, oh, I'm the orphan. I have no one. I just have a shower of friendship and yada, yada, yada. And, like, I mean, that's fine. That's a fine story. But it's kind of fun to see, like, he's a grown-ass adult. He's he's an actual... It was interesting that they showed glimpses of his life. And it's like you got pulled out of your life to go into this insanity. Yeah, and it's like... I don't get me wrong. I read YA fic with the rest of them, but it's kind of <laughs> nice to have like instead of the plucky young ingenue, it's like no, this is a grown ass man going to try to deal with some shit. Like that was nice. Yeah, it, it's definitely. Well, I don't want to say departure. It's obviously not the only example in any kind of media. Like no, this isn't a unicorn. Like... But I agree with you. It does often feel like well, I've been on my own for so long. I lost my parents years ago, and that's why I'm I have such thick skin and all this shit. And it's like no, yeah. this this guy is like he was a a fighter, like an MMA fighter, and said you know got drawn into this lunacy one day where it's like what the hell is happening and he he had and this is the thing i wanted to bring up which is jumping ahead a few scenes but when he meets up with sonia and says like wait are you mortal combat are you serious they spelt it wrong look at this there's a k what's wrong with you like this is insane and And I, i do love that scene that was a cool scene because it that is like a reaction that someone would have and obviously we're you know Again, it's an action movie. It's a Mortal Kombat movie. You're not going for realism in that sense of, well, how would a normal person react? But it was funny to have that moment of, you're serious right now? What the hell is happening? Yeah, that part was very nice. I I think, and that's something that you'd have to tell me, because again, I don't really even watch many movies. So when you say, oh, well, the acting was flat or it was good, I'm like, okay, sure. I have no idea. But- Pacing wise, do you think that it was too much comedy, comedy inappropriately, that it was too slow, too fast? Like, did you think we were jumping from thing to thing too much? No, I think pace, I honestly felt pacing wise, it was really, it was well timed. Um, And honestly, the only times I felt like he was flat were just some like of his exposition scenes. Like, Mm -hmm. and I don't even know if it was flat so much as. I don't know, it just didn't hit the scene for me as some of, like, the other points with the character. But I think pacing-wise overall, the, um, they did a good job. It kept it going. Um, and I didn't think there was too much comedy, but I honestly, I don't think you're going to be able to get me to watch a action movie that isn't blatantly sarcastic and, like, funny most of the way through. I kind of agree with you for myself, too. Like, don't get me wrong. I'll I'll watch movies that are just, you know, I guess, quote-unquote, macho movies where it's just, like, two guys beating the living snot out of each other. But I enjoy it way more when it has this infusion of comedy and some a little bit of the insanity and silliness that is present in Mortal Kombat. I think it's important because... It helps things flow. I think it it makes me more interested in the characters. You know, there, also, there's a lot of positives. Life is. Like, it, like it. May, honestly, it feels like it makes it more believable. Like you're never, 
I don't know, maybe this is just me, but like you never have 100% serious all the time. There's going to be funny bits and crazy bits and of actual life. And even though, you know, this is Mortal Kombat, it's absurd just on like on principle. It's still nice to see the comedy and have the uh, have it the way it is. So I thought that that way it was all really well done. Yeah, it, it there were a lot of enjoyable parts of it, and we're kind of coming up to them. So we we obviously have you know we go from the the scene with Scorpion and Sub Zero to introducing Cole. We meet his family. Jack shows up, and they you know they start explaining why Cole is relevant to any of this compared to yes, which realistically for somebody in your position where you don't know Mortal Kombat, all of these people are probably like, well, why do they matter? Other than, yeah. obviously, they're in the movie. But they detail where Cole fits in. Then you get to the one of the trailer scenes, which was cool, with the fights, the fight between Jax and Sub-Zero. But even before that, they start setting up, and I saw it mentioned in other places, This every time Sub-Zero shows up, you can see the signs of everything getting cold. There's ice. There's snow in July yeah, in L.A. or wherever the hell they were. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was cool in the scene where, I mean, the, I think it was in some of the trailers, or at least it was, you know, a brief scene in some of the trailers where he does the lifting the, the ice and the snow off the ground, then dropping it down like hail, which... Yeah, that part was cool. It was funny. It was really cool. But on on first viewing, I noticed it, but, you know, I was more focused on what was happening. In that scene, when everybody starts freaking out, because they're like, oh God, it's coming down. There is a dude in the crosswalk that just goes... Bam! He goes down like a sack of bricks. Yeah, he he just gets... It's funny because everybody else is just, you know, like covering their heads and running away. And I'm like, the first time I'm like, oh, it must just be like hail. But this dude goes down like somebody hit him with a hammer. Yeah, he does. And it funny. was... I have to admit I laughed on the second viewing because I, I rem- like unconsciously remembered it. And I'm like, dude, that guy's having a bad day. Talk about yeah. wrong place, wrong time. Right? So that All guy. All he to do is get a burger, relax. Yeah, my man's just trying to cross the street, maybe get some ice cream, and kablammo, he gets smashed with a cone in the back of the head. But yeah, no, that part was pretty good. And I like the foreshadowing for whenever uh, Sub-Zero shows yeah. up. Um, Although I like how they call attention to it. It's not like, oh, like, it wasn't initially like, oh, it's this ominous thing, like, for his daughter, who I want to say her name is Emily. I feel like they said her name, but I don't remember. Um, she's just like, this is really freaking weird. What yeah, they're all looking around. Oh, no, I think Emily was his wife. Because I think he says, hey, Emily, come look at this. Remember when they're in the getting yeah. whatever? Either way, um, the daughter's like, what the hell is happening? This well, is she, weird. she was, the daughter was like, oh, this is cool. And then it goes from flurries to like menacing icicles it's like yeah. all right i've changed my okay, mind now something's happening yeah i um, i disagree with this vehemently yeah so uh good no so i do like that i do like the random uh oh sub-zero's coming exactly it's like you know what's about to happen and you get that uh-oh moment of just a half a second before he shows up or something where it's just enough time for your brain to be like wait that's oh no yeah. Um, I but, mean, I, I would put an expletive in there, but yes. Yeah. Well, you're allowed to, wife. This, this is quite clearly going to be a, a uh, more yeah. adult-focused show. But anyway. I, yeah. So that leads into the part that I was going to talk about, which is the cool thing from the trailer, where Sub-Zero freezes Jax's shotgun. And just like, 
they're fighting hand to hand and then he Jax puts the gun in his face, inches from his face, and he just grabs it and stares him down, and then stares the bullet down. And it's yeah. just like, zero fucks given. Yeah, especially that moment, like, right before them, I was like, why isn't he just shooting, and like, literally, as I'm as I'm saying, why yep. isn't he just shooting, oh, oh, that would be why. Yeah, here's a good That's explanation why. <laughs> That's why he's not just shooting him and getting it over with. And it, I think it shows, I mean, obviously Sub-Zero at this point is several hundred years old. Uh, they don't really yeah. explain why he's immortal, but you can infer a lot of things about what's going on uh, as to whether it's the marking, it could be Shang Tsung directly, it could be a variety of different things that elongated his lifespan. And it's obvious, I mean, he, he's an assassin, he's been hunting people for hundreds of years, but he clearly has experience with this sort of thing on top of being an exceptional warrior plus having magic so like this was not a surprise to him he didn't i mean obviously he was ice cold and ice in his veins and all those other cliches but like he's staring down a shotgun in his face and just freezes that shit it was ridiculous yeah it was but in a good way people there was one complaint that i saw in, in on twitter or something that somebody was complaining where Jax is fighting sub zero and then Jax knocks him down or throws him or something and then he gets up and goes, I did six tours, motherfucker. And it's just, and somebody reacted negatively to it as like, well, what does that matter? And to me, it's like, if you're in a fight, it's like, you don't realize that Sub-Zero is hundreds of years old. You don't yeah. realize that this guy has magic now. I mean, he, he knew, but like, he did probably didn't know the extent of the powers. Um, and it's also just like. I'm not taking shit from you. I don't know who you are. I'm taking you. And like, yeah. it, it just felt like an appropriate line in this sort of no, movie. No, definitely did to me. Yeah, especially um, for Jax's character, the very minimal amount that I know about Jax's character. But it's also, to me, important. Like, those sort of throwaway lines give you information about the character. Like, yeah, Sony explains later that, oh, well, they, they were special ops and they did all the, these uh, things and they tracked down one of the other combatants who had superhuman abilities. But it tells you right there, like, Jax is an experienced soldier. I mean, you could have kind of inferred that from the way he was acting and what was going on. But it gives you a, a little bit of the backstory as to who Jax is. Yeah, it's like one quick line tells you a lot about Jax, which I appreciate instead of, like, a bunch of exposition and stuff which i mean to be fair they did in the almost immediately following scene where sonya just lays it all out there like and tell me if you had this in in, case you missed this yeah let me tell you or let me ask you if you had this in your head you know that meme from it's always sunny in philadelphia where the one guy is like has all the crazy shit pinned up on the wall with with strings and stuff you mean like what people say i look like when i talk about the american revolution yes well you, was that the meme that went through your head when Sonya's explaining this shit? Yeah, actually. <laughs> like, it really was. If I was, I'm surprised they didn't have Cole have a more animated, like, lady, are you okay sort of reaction? <laughs> because, like, that is a, like, just enormous knowledge dump of lunacy. Yeah, and it was, like, so, it was, like, the way she says it was so fast. That part felt, a li- like, as she was doing it, I felt weird i was like this doesn't this is just this is awkward this is taking me out of the movie by how bizarre this actually that's interesting when you think about it i hadn't considered that but then he then he said that line i was like okay you know that's an acceptable response to this type of batshit crazy you got me back in (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, like so that kind of that that helped. With See, that's interesting because I hadn't considered that. I mean, to me, I was more focused on all the Easter eggs, which kind of felt like okay, they were going to have this scene in the movie where the new guy gets explained or has everything explained to them by I mean, one of the other characters. It, but usually, it's oh, I feel like it's a little more subtle than that. I don't know. I've I definitely know. seen a Maybe lot of movies not. where it's just like, no, here's the scenario. Bang, 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 bang. And it's like yeah. almost like sometimes it's on a computer screen. Like they have essentially a prepared video in movie explaining here's the situation I, so far. But I will say at one point in her explanation, it's like, OK, uh, to explain. No, there's too much to sum up. Yes, <laughs> very true. If, uh, if you guys don't know that reference, I'm disowning all of you. <laughs> but uh, so. I I do have to call out that throughout the entire movie, but including here, there were a bunch of cool Easter eggs. Like Nightwolf shows up. Uh, I think Kotal Khan was showing up there. Obviously, they had Scorpion up there. And if I slowed it down, there would be a bunch of other things. Oh, one cool Easter egg that I didn't notice until I saw it on Twitter. But in the Sub-Zero Jack's fight scene, there's a scene where... Jax is still like stalking him through like before they actually fight and some of the graffiti on the wall are Sub-Zero special moves oh look at that like how did like the graffiti was like if you don't look at it it's just like random arrows and things but it's like down to forward uh, light punch oh look at that that is super extra and super nerdy but they have like an enormous amount of easter eggs some overt like Nitara, who we'll get to later. I don't know if that counts as an Easter egg because it's a character, but she is a super obscure character comparatively. Mm-hmm. Um, to the graffiti, to the the characters on this wall, there's a bunch of cool stuff. But speaking of cool stuff, we get to what I'm. So here's the meme. I'll lay it out for everybody. Shortly after the movie release, the actor for Kano was hospitalized for putting the whole movie on his back. Because he totally did. He really did. Like, no joke. What's funny is I'm looking at the movie poster right now, right? I'm going to pop the picture up of the man right now covering up the movie poster. Because if you notice, it's Cole from left to right, or at least my left to right. Cole, Sonya, Jack, Scorpion, Sub-Zero, Shang Tsung, Melina, Cabal. Kano's not even on the damn poster. And he is the only reason why I stayed to watch it. So, Kano is a character that I never liked. And not just because he's a scumbag, but, like, I just never cared for the character until the original, like, 95 Mortal Kombat movie. And I thought the guy who did Kano was really cool. Like, I still didn't really like him, but it's like, oh, that's a cool rendition of Kano. And then I still didn't care about Kano until Mortal Kombat 11. I'm like, oh, there's some funny stuff and, like, cute things that they did with Kano. All right, I'm kind of interested. Yeah, you're getting there. Then this movie hit, and it's like, no, Kano is hilarious. Or at least yeah, this Kano is hilarious. You wanna, I... Do you want to explain arguably the funniest part of this movie, wife? We're, we're only uh... like 20 minutes into the movie, and it's like the yeah. highlight of the movie. Um, So this is the thing that we have been uh, quoting for the last three days. So she's explaining, uh, she explains who Kano is. She being Sonia, Sonia explains who Kano is. She explains about Mortal Kombat. And then, um, what's his face? Goes, Cole. well, Cole goes, Where's your marking? And she goes, Well, I don't have one. Wah, wah, wah. Wah. <laughs> it's off screen and so it's quiet. Screen, it's so quiet, but it is the best I turn... line in this whole movie. Right I before this it. happens, because it's only like a five second exchange, I turned, because I knew it was coming, and I turned to wife and go, You need to listen right now. Like, I don't care what you're doing. You listen. <laughs> yeah. She just looks at me like, 
whatever they're about to say cannot possibly be that important. <laughs> like, yeah, she didn't say that, but that was the look. It, well, it was a deserving look, and then that happened, and then I admitted that I was wrong. Yeah, it, it, was, it was hilarious, so and apparently that was another thing based on people's reactions in various comment threads and stuff, that it, it because it's quiet and it's coming from off screen, it's easy to miss. I know it's yeah. audible, so coming from off screen shouldn't really matter, but like, you know, if you're focused on the movie, maybe you, you, you know, if you're watching it at home, especially, you know, you're screwing around with your popcorn, you're looking at your phone, you may not hear it. And like, if you miss that, I feel so bad for people. I laughed so hard the first time. Oh it was so funny. It was so funny. Like, I, I lost my shit. It, it was ridiculous. It was. It was a um, very good line. I know we're harping on a single thing, and it's almost a sound effect. It's not even a line. But that was the moment where I'm like, all right. I mean, I, I was enjoying the movie up to that point. But at that when that line hit, I'm like, all right. I'm all in. right, I, I'm in now. We're, we're, we're doing yeah. this. We're on this. Yeah. So then uh, reptile attacks, and I'm not a huge fan of the... I like the more humanoid-looking reptile. I get he's reptilian. But, like, when he's literally a giant lizard, it, it feels weird. Yeah. And even Mortal Kombat itself has gone this route where they've, they've differentiated him. Because originally, obviously, in the original Mortal Kombat, it was Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Reptile was a hidden character, and they were just palette swaps of each other. Um mm -hmm. And then, obviously, the movesets were different. Well, reptiles was a combination. But anyway, I digress. Point is, is that the ninjas look pretty much the same other than the colors. Uh, Molina and Katana in Mortal Kombat 2, palette swaps. They did this a lot for technical reasons. And, obviously, it made it easier to generate the game when you could just swap a handful of things. Yeah. Over time, they evolved and differentiated the different characters so that even the true ninjas like Scorpion and Sub-Zero look wildly different. Noob Saibot... Ermac, Reptile, all of these other characters, they all look wildly different from one another, and Reptile has gone more the way of looking like a bipedal reptile. Yeah, I I forgot that Reptile was a character, and my first thought was, why is there a Kabuna dragon attacking them? <laughs> well, first you asked, what the hell is that thing? Because they did a cool thing with his camouflage where... So before the Shang Tsung said, send in the Reptile, or send in the Reptilian, and it sounded like he said Sizor, which is a Pokemon. I yeah. still, I have to go back and listen to it closer because I can't quite tell what he says. He says, send in the reptilian something. And it sounds yeah. like Sizor, which I'm like, I don't, I don't know about the Pokemon crossover, but I guess. I mean, I'm here for it. So it did look really cool to camouflage. And there was obviously another funny scene where, where Sonya ends up accidentally stabbing Kano. Um, Reptile has a pretty decent fight scene, all things considered, even though he still goes down. Uh, but obviously, you know, we can't have our heroes taken out in, what, no, like the third major scene? Movie. Yeah. So, it, uh, good. No, I, I thought he had cool attacks. I just, A, know nothing about Reptile, the character, mm. and B, it just, for a little bit, looked just like a random Komodo dragon attacking, so. I mean, until he stood up and then, which leads to another funny scene where naturally you have to squeeze in the Kano fatality. Mortal Kombat 1 fatality where he tears out his heart. And then he's, he, Reptile's obviously screaming in pain. And then Kano is just screaming back in his face. Like, yep. we'll go, ah! The whole, for like a solid 20 seconds, it felt like. Yeah, it definitely did. To the point where it, it definitely felt to me, this is another one in the category of, if you didn't like it, I get it. But to me, it was this was action movie funny. Yeah, it felt like Brendan Fraser in The Mummy. 
Kind of, yeah. Well, he does that to one of the yeah, mummies. Yeah. Um, that was what my first thought. I was like, oh, hey, it's, it's the mummy all over again. It was pretty funny. Uh, so we end up then going through a number of other, you know, kind of quippy scenes, I guess. So mm-hmm. that Sonya barters with Kano to try and get to Raiden's temple because apparently he used to run guns through there, which is obviously a colossal lie because they have, you know... Uh, the the thing on the plane where the the line about Kano's mom being dead for like twenty years or thirty years or something like that to yeah. well it, we're about twenty four clicks away well maybe twenty six if we say twenty eight nobody will be surprised we'll round up to an even thirty and he just keeps going <laughs> and it's that was one that I felt they also did a good job on the delivery because it, it it's almost like a Family Guy joke where it's funny and it's like all right I get it. And then it's funny then it again because it went going. on so long. Yeah. I I thought that line was really good. Yeah. All the all the them searching for the temple lines were hilarious to me. Personally. Including when Liu Kang shows up and he pull, he pulls a knife <laughs> on him. Liu Kang shoots him with a fireball and then straight up goes, I'm not your any. Dude, I don't know how you greet people, but like Normally it's a handshake. Maybe not anymore because of COVID. But like a wave, a, yeah. a hold up, a hello. Fireballs are not the first thing. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then it leads to the other. Can I? Can I say the other line that I've been quoting this entire time? Sure, wife. Um. Just so as they're leaving, Liu Kang puts right. Yeah, Liu Kang. Yeah. Um. You know, just casually puts his hand on uh his shoulder and he just goes the fuck yeah but you gotta sell it with this so like Liu Kang says the user like you need to come with me like real real uh somber and sincere and you know getting to the point you, you need to come with me to the temple and then Kano's like well can't you show me a, how to shoot fireballs out of my hands he's still freaking out about this which again is also a cool like just like Cole's reaction earlier naturally he's gonna respond which is uh, Admittedly a little weird because he presumably killed somebody. He took the mark from someone, so maybe they didn't have their arcana yet. All right, fine. But then Reptile shows up, and it's like, dude, I don't know if I'd be surprised by someone shooting fireballs out of their hands anymore. Yeah, right? Like, after Uh, you just, you murdered Reptile, like, I don't know what else surprises you at this point. But (laughs) the way Liu Kang just calmly puts his hand on his shoulder, he just looks at him like, the fuck? What just, and it was again a super quiet line. It was a very quiet. It was like almost a throwaway line, and I that to me maybe if the it it might be tied with "wah wah" as the funniest line. Wah <laughs> wah. Uh, it's just so just good. Like, it was just so such like okay, we're calm. We're the fuck. Um, it, it was so good. Oh, speaking of which, I don't know if we see it yet, but at some point in the movie, so everybody seems to manifest the the dragon marking in a different place. So Jax had it on, like, his hip or his abdomen, um, like, around his stomach. Cole had it on his chest. Kano has it as a neck tattoo, which just feels very appropriate. So here's my thing. Sonya does say that, but then that wouldn't make sense because that'd be in her face because he got his by slitting somebody's neck so oh you were gonna say like how they killed them is how they got it or something yeah but then that would like go over her face yeah it would have been it would have been like an eye patch it would have looked like harley quinn makeup 
Yeah, that would have been a little much. <laughs> but I forget where hers ends up. I feel like it's just on her arm. It's, it's her, yeah, it's just an arm. <laughs> oh, yeah, because it's just on her arm. Well, I, that was another theory that I had that, like, it somehow manifests where your powers are, but, like, it doesn't quite fit either. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, we end up going to the temple. You get introduced to Kung Lao. You meet um, Raiden. The bad guys show up. There's a bunch of stuff that goes on here. Another, A bunch of other funny lines from inner especially with Kano for obvious reasons. Yeah. Like him he turns around when they start training, he's like, Alright, no Harry Potter shit. Yeah, that part was great. <laughs> like that line I I looked at you as soon as he said it and you just kinda nodded to me. Yeah. I I knew you were going to look, so it Oh of I, course. It was playing. Yeah. Then they um, good. But yeah, no, I liked all of their stuff in the temple. I liked. Um, Did you think it was training. too fast, like too rushed, or anything like that? No. It it I the one of the weird things that I thought was how often they're like your training begins now, and then we need to get training. Like he Liu Kang or Kung Lao must have said the word training fifty thousand times, which right. I get. They're they're super hyper focused, but it did take me out of it a little bit, and it felt like these were spliced together scenes. Yeah. Where it's like they're walking from area A to area B. It's like, we have to begin training. And then they cut away. And then 10 seconds later, they do the same thing. What? Yeah, that might be one of those things I would notice if I, like, played the game again. Mm. Um, But, or or if I watch the movie again. Um, But since I haven't, um, it worked for me. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was fine. I I get it, Raiden admonishing all of them, which again was another funny Kano thing. Another Easter egg with Shinnok's amulet showing up there. Um, I want to know where the the monks got all the super high tech to give Jack's arms. Yeah, like that. So that was one thing that I think is also a concession to look. This is just. A, it's an action movie. B, it's a Mortal Kombat movie. So Mortal Kombat people can survive and take punishment that under no other circumstances should they. Yeah. You can also just chalk it up to magic. But, like, the trauma that Jack suffered as a result of losing his arms, like, that would take a lifetime, I assume. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. But I feel like that's going to take an enormous amount of time pre-Arcana manifestation to even be able to use your arms let alone like fight 20 minutes later when the bad guys show up yeah that part was a little interesting yeah it's i think it's implied because Liu kang says something in the beginning like we won't see another full moon so there could hypothetically have been many days but it felt like it was only two or three days yeah definitely did uh to be honest Um, i i wouldn't be surprised if Jax was still unconscious through everything just from the level of physical trauma that he suffered. Frozen and shattered. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I'm not a doctor, but it's just like, okay, even for Mortal Kombat, yeah. that's like, I don't know. That's a little fast. That, that's like watching the x-rays and going, yeah, that guy totally stands up after you, you know, impaled him three times through the face and then gutted him. Like, yeah. that, that's not how the human body works. It's totally a thing. Um, um, go ahead. No, and I liked, uh, as they're in the temple, I the dinner scene with Kano where he gets his arcana. Yeah. Um, and I will not call it an Akuma. Um, (laughs) did you see that? Like, did you expect what Kung Lao was doing was intentional or did you think he was just being a dick? 
you know, I, I figured out what was happening pretty fast. Yeah, it's like, at first Maybe. it's like, oh, the, the, he is just being a dick. Because Kung Lao's character, you wouldn't know this, but like Kung Lao's character has kind of taken on a, in more recent games, a very, I guess, more flamboyant, more, I don't, verging on arrogance, very confident personality. Um, I mean, I can see that. I can definitely see that. Um, I... I don't know. I thought it was hilarious and I definitely was just like, oh, yep, he's about to get it because they're just going to keep screwing with him and he's going to rage out and uh, maybe that's <laughs> I just live with too many angry people in my life, but um, uh-huh. uh, yeah, I definitely definitely saw that. It's also funny, like, again, calling out stuff from Kano, and we could probably do a whole podcast on just the things Kano says and does, but... I, I will. I, I volunteer. Like, he just... the That entire scene, besides the, con, like, enormously constant stream of unique insults that he says, you know, it's not just him calling him stupid or something really loudly over and over and over again. Like, yes, a writer wrote this, and it's an actor playing it, but... It, it's, we'll say, a wide vocabulary of yeah. insults, culminating in him. He's like he gets this awesome superpower, and it's the one of the first things he does is turns around to the last guy who had a cool he thought had a cool superpower and goes, "Fuck you, your superpower sucks." Like yeah. <laughs> that was the first thing that he does, <laughs> that, which was really cool. Yeah, it was very amusing. It's like fitting. Yeah, it, it, every time he that guy was in a scene, which, you know, was most of the movie, it's like, yeah, that's Kano. Like, that yeah. is... So, I mentioned loving the 95 movie. The actor who played Shang Tsung will forever be Shang Tsung for me. Yeah. I can, and they even brought him back for, for Mortal Kombat 11. Like, he is the guy. Mm-hmm. They, I, did, I didn't like the new Shang Tsung anyway, and we'll, we'll talk about that later, but... Um, in the same way, like, watching, this is Forever Kano. I remember watching the 95 movie with you at some point, um, probably another time that I was trying to prove that I was badass, hmm. um, and being like, oh, Johnny Tsunami's grandpa, and you got real upset with me for that. But to I don't me, remember that at all. Be, he's Johnny Tsunami's grandpa. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, you got annoyed. You can just live with it. If you say so, wife. Um, but no, he, since seeing it with you, it definitely does sound and he will always be Shang Tsung. Yeah. And where I'm going with it, like I said, is now this guy who's playing Kano is Kano for me. Yeah. He is Kano. I will never look at Kano the same. It will always be this guy. And it's hilarious to me. I'm I'm honestly really upset that he's dead. Now, well, like I said earlier, nobody truly oh, ever yeah, dies in Mortal Kombat. That never happens. And shit. Yeah. So, one thing before we get to uh, some of the other stuff, one thing that I want to call out for the the temple is ultimately, you know, we have the the bad guys show up. There's going to be a showdown. Clearly, our protagonists are not prepared. They're about to get their ass kicked. Everything's going to end, and Raiden locks them out. So they yeah. go through their training, and then Cole can't get there. To find his arcana, especially after Kano does, Sonya's labeled a liability because she doesn't have any superpowers. So Cole gives up, essentially, and Raiden sends him home. Which, A, if Raiden is doing this 
like he foresaw Shang Tsung was going to pull all this crap and all these things were going to happen. And he figured this was the best route. I can accept it, but it seemed a little weird to just go give up on the guy, especially when you're so desperate. I mean, I think he foresaw the fact that the only way he was going to get his arc arcana. arcana um is to go home to his family because he like that's so, who he is like He's i said raiden i can kind of accept doing it what bothered me a little bit was cole leaving of his own volition which i get it's a movie the guy you know is obviously down about everything <laughs> the god of thunder on earth says look you're not physically or mentally fit to be here get the fuck out like yeah. <laughs> you're in a bad spot but he went there <clears throat> and left and went on this insane crusade simply because he wanted to protect his family he thought he would be safer if he was away from them so his immediate thing to do is hey you could get something that would help you protect your family run away while you don't have it and draw the bad guys to your family yeah that part i they never said he was smart I mean, he obviously just got his head beat in by that that random schmuck in the the fight at the beginning of the movie. So, like, maybe he wasn't thinking clearly. I don't know. And also, not long before that, Kano was just beating him to a pulp for funsies. Like, you, but I mean, you see it even in the beginning of the movie. His daughter is the brains of the operation. So, like, just let, let, let that slide. It just seemed a little, I mean, I get it. I understand to some extent the mindset. Obviously, I'm not trying to save the world from a bunch of monsters from Outworld or something like that, and I'm not the chosen one. But it it seemed weird that it's like, dude, you explicitly said to get away from your family to keep them safe. Now you're going to go back to them without any protection. Like, no one's going with you. You have no powers. You clearly can't take these things. I don't know what's your plan. Just run, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Run fast. Uh but anyway, that aside, so we we get another hilarious scene, but this time in Outworld with another member of the Black Dragon, and that's Cabal, who is incidentally on the movie poster, but not Kano. Which is like, what? Just what? I don't... And what's crazy is like, everybody, I think everybody knew Liu Kang and Kung Lao were going to be in the movie. So they have Cole, Sonya, Jack, Scorpion. They probably want to keep symmetry because then they have, like I said, Sub-Zero, Shang Tsung, Molina, and Cabal. And hilariously enough, Sub-Zero gets top billing over Shang Tsung, but I get it. Couldn't they have put, like, Liu Kang or Kung Lao on there and then put Kano on the other side or something? Or maybe that would have given it away. Maybe it's because, like, you're not supposed to know what side he's on. That's why they decided. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe they just didn't want to put it out there. Um, because for, I will admit, for a while, I would when I saw it on the first viewing... I was trying to go in with an open mind and given that they had Cole and all this stuff and the way they interacted with Kano, I was like, is Kano just going to be, a, you know, a gun for hire? Maybe for this movie, he's a good guy and they, you know, he backstabs them in some other way at the end, but yeah. doesn't switch sides until late. Like, it almost felt like maybe Kano's just going to be a colossal dickhead but he's going to be a dickhead for the good guys, and they were going to upend things that much. Yeah. Obviously not, because Cabal says, yeah, he's a giant D-bag. You're going to love him. <laughs> yeah. It's like, the interaction... Good. That was great. I did love that line. Well, when he... The interaction between the two, when Cabal explains to Kano the plan and talks him into working for Shang Tsung, that... 
uh, there were there were a bunch of people in Mortal Kombat community that said, yeah, I want like a buddy cop movie with Kano and Cabal. I want a or a TV show with Kano and Cabal because it would be hilarious. It, I definitely would be. I really um, like that. I I wish we had more time with Cabal. I do too. I definitely do too. Because I think that. Yeah. I don't know if it would have been up to the level of the way Kano was in this movie, but I feel like it would have been. Yeah, I, 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 I think it would have been. I don't know. I thought Cabal was really funny. I did like that line. Um, I don't know enough about their characters or their interactions, mm-hmm. I guess, to really say say definitively. Yeah, it's it. This one was pretty close. I I was okay with. Uh, I mean, I was okay with all of it, but the Cabal Kano relationship was was fun. Yeah, and like I said, I wish we could have seen more of it, but it. I don't know how you would fit it in for it to make sense or anything. I it it is a little annoying. Again, the the liberties here, like Kano does work for the bad guys in the games at different points. Often, you know, he's really working for himself, but happens to be doing things on their behalf. Cabal doesn't even show up until Mortal Kombat 3, but then you can make the argument, well, Melina doesn't show up until Mortal Kombat 2, nor does Jax. Like, there, there's a whole bunch of things that are out of sequence here with relationship to the games, but like we talked about earlier, that's fine. Yeah. So, uh, moving from there, we we kind of rapid fire go into a whole bunch of things to, to get to the conclusion of the movie, because you have this moment where, okay, Everything's going downhill. Goro's about to tear Cole and everyone else into pieces. The heroes are just getting demolished. Like, General Reiko's crushing Jax. Molina's doesn't even bother killing Sonya, which leads to another funny Kano line of girls can be so mean. (laughs) That was so good. That was such a random line. It's like, okay, the delivery on all this is great. Uh, This is where Naitara... I mean, she showed up sooner, but uh, she has her 10 seconds of fame and then immediately gets fatality by Kung Lao, which was one yeah. of those moments where I knew it was coming. And I'm like, wife, well, you, you may want to look away for this. Yeah, I had I had that feeling. I looked I did. I watch. No, I didn't. No, it's no. the one where she gets split in half by the spinning. Yeah, hat. No, I know. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's I. Yeah, I did. Not when I saw Nitara, I was like, oh, wow, that's a deep cut. And then immediately my thought went to, she's definitely going to die. Like 100% going to die. Uh, and probably in a silly fashion. Although this, it was kind of silly, but it does show, like it made Kung Lao look good. Where Kung Lao yeah. looked like, okay, we saw him beat the crap out of our heroes, but we knew that our heroes were not up to snuff. Now it's like, okay, yeah, he he's uncontested until Shang Tsung just slaughters him immediately telekinetically pulls him in sucks his soul and that's the end of kung lao yeah but uh, i good i i definitely i was a little disappointed in kung lao's death i was like really yeah he's well because it was like all right he's holding his own it's good and then and then that happens and i'm like well well what's kind of funny is we had three major heroes four if you count scorpion so scorpions you know top billing and he started the movie, so like, okay, Scorpion's got to come back and do something, right? Then you have Cole, who's the no-name guy who we've been following the whole movie, so he's got to be important. Then you have Liu Kang, who's the traditional champion of Mortal Kombat. And then you have Kung Lao, who's 
at least in the game, sidekick. But here they gave him like he's a big deal. He's the descendant of the great Kung Lao and he's the leader and all this stuff. It's like we got four people fighting for top dog status. Like not all of them are going to make it. I guess that's true. I, I feel like that's a Game of Thrones level setup where, you know, in the beginning they said, well, these are all the main characters and then they kill them all. And then replace them with the actual main characters, and that's kind of what it was, although we knew who the other main characters were at a time, I guess. I don't know. No, I I agree with that. It it Uh, was a little... I I do agree with you. I was surprised that he died. I don't think it was necessary, and we'll get to the unnecessary stuff at the end. Um, I think there were a lot of ways to redo the entire movie that would not have material... or It would have materially changed the movie, but would not have probably significantly impacted the way the writers had set it up for the most part. Um, But we'll talk about that later. So let me ask you about Goro. Did you like Goro? Did you care? Did, did you think he looked good? Like graphics wise? I, I, no, no. Thought he looked, I I thought he looked cool. I remember the old Goro and even back in 95, I'm like, I don't know about this one. I, he, I think, mm, no, I thought he looked cool. Dude, now, I'll admit, okay. He looks like Clash of the Titans. Yeah, you said that after and we like, watched the movie, and I'm like, I don't I don't see it, wife. And his, and his, like, and I... I think I you forget what stop-motion animation looks like. He looks like stop-motion animation. Like, a, more fluid, but, like, he looks like he was made of clay. I guess. I think the, the coolest he looked was actually the scene from the trailer where he's, like, just leaping forearm, about to just crush Cole. Um, but this brings up a, a comment that I also saw online where people were complaining, how, how could Cole hold his own against Goro? Like, how's that even he possible? He didn't hold his own. And it's That's... like, I don't know if I saw the same movie. Cole was dead meat. Yeah. I mean, like the, as much, the closest I can get to him holding his own is him not immediately becoming meat paste. Yeah. And that's the, we said it earlier. I said it earlier that when Goro picks him up and then punches him in the face and in the dick at the same time from a dude that's like nine feet tall. And I think if I remember from the books, he was like over half a ton or something like that. Like he should have just exploded on the spot. Yeah. So again, action movie thing where it's just like the hero gets the crap beat out of him. A building collapses on them. They still survive. Like yeah. I can he accept that. And I thought Cole actually played it right. Like the, the move when he run, first of all, he tried to set up an ambush and Goro outsmarted him, which is hilarious. He just, he's like, Oh, you think I'm going to come through the front door? No, I'm going to punch down the whole side of the barn or whatever the fuck that was. Yeah. And then two, Cole, I thought played it well when he's trying to escape and he just straight up tackles or shoulder charges the support beam to cause the whole building to come down, which realistically is probably very dumb. He's more likely to just separate his shoulder or shatter his collarbone into a billion pieces. But Mm -hmm. again, it's a movie adrenaline, whatever. I thought it was a, a, the first time I went through, I'm like, ah, that's actually a cool idea. At least you're buying time. And like, you're clearly not fighting this guy hand to hand. It's just not happening. Yeah, Not even a little bit. Um, but it is, I thought it was cool that his wife, I think they say it's his wife in the movie. Yeah. So the, or at least it's, it's his partner of some kind. Yeah, well, it, I thought it was um, in the beginning, the very beginning, when uh, the trainer guy that's setting up the fights comes in and he's mm-hmm. talking to the wife, or what we're assuming is his wife, uh, and she says something to the effect of, I don't watch him fight anymore. 
in my head, I'm like, is is he divorced? And then like the kid just wants to hang out with dad and comes to the fights. But it's obviously by the end of the movie, you realize, no, they're still together. Um, yeah. So she comes in with the axe and just hits Goro like right in the kidneys. Clearly yeah. doesn't bother him. Uh, but then through the power of friendship, like it's a My Little Ponies yes. episode, uh, Cole is able to find his arcana. The Care Bears, but yes, the Care Bears stare. The That's the literal. To God, I was like, he's doing the fucking care. Oh man, it's happening. And then his chest started glowing stare. too when he got hit. His chest started yes, glowing. Like was that was be... that was why I was like, it's the Care Bear stare. So <laughs> it seems super silly, but you and I talked about this before, like before we started recording. I like his arcana and I think it makes sense where no, this guy is all about sense. And I do like it. It was just, it was the camera stare. Yeah. Well, I want to explain why it makes sense. Cause it, you know, all of the other Mortal Kombat characters are clearly going to get things related to them. You know, like whatever their Mortal Kombat superpowers are, obviously Sub-Zero freezes yeah. things. Uh, Sonya can shoot rings. Melina can teleport. Cabal is super duper fast, etc. Jax has his arms, and he didn't do any of his signature moves other than the gotcha grab, but that's like, he just grabs somebody and then punches the shit out of him. But, uh, so, him having this defensive armor, and I guess the Tonfa's also kind of fit, but like, the, <laughs> what I keep referring to is the friendship bracelet, the strength bracelet, becoming his armor, and yes, it is, as I joked a moment ago, plot armor, like, it Literally makes sense that he's the defensive guy. He wants to protect his family. He's a shield as compared to any of these other people who know, you know, like, they were already well-versed in this or they had a leaning into certain things, whatever. Yeah. So I thought it, it made sense. It obviously called back to earlier in the movie. I thought it was pretty cool. I agree. Although I thought it was a little weird that despite the brutal fashion in which Cole dispatches Goro, like he hacks off one of his hands, he almost bisects the guy, uh, like to the point where his innards are spilling out, which was very Mortal Kombat, and then just punches the one Tonfa through his skull. There wasn't a drop of blood on him afterwards. Yeah. So either... Goro, because he's a Shokan and being on Earth, like, his blood evaporates. Maybe. Or, like, I don't know about that. I mean, I get, because my first thought was, oh, he runs and hugs his family. And I'm like, dude, don't you think that's kind of gross? You have, like, his lower intestinal. Oh, you have nothing on you. How does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> Which is uh, silly, but it was, it was just silly. It was funny. In my head, I went, oh, and I might have said it out loud. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. So Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. No, that was when Goro, yeah, when Goro got hit in the face. Yeah. Uh, when Cole uppercutted him. Yeah. Um, that was the only line that came to mind. <laughs> so, this does bring up another point of like, dude, Raiden. What the wh- fuck? Where, where are you? What are you doing, dude? Like, are you playing what? Elder God chess or something? Like, or let's, is this like Mortal Kombat? I must consult the Elder Gods. Like, let's... Uh, they had a plan. They had a plan, and Raiden just went, oh, fuck you, the plan. Well, wait, this is, of course, we're all referring to when Cole comes back, and now Kung Lao dies. Because Although we all talked right. about it earlier, Kung Lao didn't die yet. You know, okay. Jax Kung gets... Kung dead now. Yeah, Kung Lao's Everybody, now dead. But it didn't... So, like, Raiden start. you know, they... Cole shows up, 
Jax finds his arcana, saving Sonya. The heroes start turning the fight, and then they they go to peace out because Shang Tsung starts to get involved, and then all of a sudden, Raiden's nowhere to be found. It's like, dude, just get everyone the hell out of there. Kung Lao did not need to right. die. What are you doing? And they even ask him, and it's like, dude, why didn't you do something? He goes, well, I can't save everybody. The fuck you can't? Right. What are you doing? That was yeah, and then and then so okay, so we're gonna we're I'm gonna talk through this part quickly. Okay. So okay, Cole comes back. All right, everybody shows off their new superpowers, except for you know Sonya doesn't have her superpowers. Mm-hmm. Um, Cole's like, all right, here's the plan. So he's like, all right, look, Sonya, you're better than uh, Kano, obviously. So like, go take him down. Yep. Yeah, yeah. All right, so they all disperse. They all disperse. But the plan is, because Jax even says, he's like, nobody's going to be able to take on Sub-Zero on their own. So they all go. They We're going to continue with the fights. I mean, Yeah, they I, win all their 1Vs. I don't know how much detail we really need to go into all the 1V fights. Like, no. they were, they're very stereotypical action movies. Well, except for the acetone yeah. in the face. Like, that was, that, yeah. I have to call that out. Like, <laughs> and it's just a giant bottle that just says, acetone and she just cracks him in the face that was really funny yeah that was really funny um and obviously uh sonia killing him with a uh garden um means i will never be able to look at lawn gnomes the same way ever again in my life um so you know that fight was all the fights were good i don't have any complaints overall all the fight scenes like this is blanket all the fight scenes were i think were awesome yeah they did great and then we get to the plan where you're all gonna go deal with freaking uh, Sub Zero together through the power of friendship. We can like tie that back in there. Mm-hmm. And then what does Ra- what does Raiden do? He abandons the plan. Why does he abandon? I hate Raiden. Well, it, it's okay. I get that Cole would be one on one with Sub Zero for some amount of time, right? Like, it makes yep. sense. Because he immediately, and, he freaks out and charges through the portal. Like, uh, all of that up to that point, I'm fine with. I'm on board with yeah. it. And even the beginning okay. of the fight. Yeah. But Raiden, dude, what? Where yeah. are you? Why haven't you teleported everyone there? What are you yeah. waiting for? <laughs> yeah, he just, like, waits and then waits. The only thing that I could more. think is, like, he doesn't, li- he literally doesn't know where they are, so therefore he can't teleport to a specific spot. But he obviously finds them eventually at the end, yeah. so, like... He finds them literally 30 seconds after the fight is over. Now, bullshit, he knew exactly where they were the whole time. He yeah, he was just, he was letting him prove himself or some. It's like, no, dude, the plan was to just beat the snot out of Sub-Zero. What would have been better, and I know I'm getting ahead of myself, is, like, he teleports everyone there, and then they go, no, this is his fight, and then Cole's like, what are you talking about? And then he turns around and, like, Scorpion's there. And then that leads into the scene. But, like, something like that where I don't understand why Raiden just did. I think yeah. he said just before that to Jax that he, when they were in the void, that he's not supposed to interfere. But it's like, dude, you already took these steps. You literally you just did, did this. You did the thing. It's it's happened. It's over. It's like, you already, it's over. you might as well do it again because it's like. Right? But anyway, so that does lead into um, the last scene, which is, this is a cool fight. I think it's cool that Scorpion came back. 
obviously, you know, you have the awesome, he says the line, he says get over here, he, they have the Mortal Kombat theme start playing, the new one, which I don't like as much as the old one, but it felt awesome here, you have a yeah. super cool fight between the two, even though, like, dude, this was probably the most Mortal Kombat fight in that there is no reason that Sub-Zero should be able to even fight. Like, he shouldn't be alive, let alone be able to fight. Yeah. Because just from the beginning, when Scorpion harpoons him through his bicep, I'm going to assume that your arm shouldn't work anymore. You would assume. But, again, a Mortal Kombat movie. And it, they did, so notably, Sub-Zero did, like, favor his arm and was clearly acting like it was injured at various points. Mm-hmm. Which was interesting to me because clearly in the fight, there was nothing holding him back. But in between when they had like the scenes when they were threatening each other and stuff, you could see him or when he was remaking his sword, you could see him struggling with certain body parts. And even later in the other fight scenes, after he took a beating to certain places, it was like he clearly was not in full control any longer. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought it was, do you think it was a fitting end to the movie like was that an appropriate fight do you think that it was worthwhile do you think they copped out on anything no i thought it was an appropriate fight and like i mean once you get down to it like obviously for the plot he had to fight him himself with scorpion coming back and it's like and then he basically get cole gives up the fight and just is focused on getting his family out of the ice and all that jazz people were making fun of that too because it's like scorpion fighting for their lives and him just punching ice blocks on the side but yeah. I mean, it again. But also failing at it somehow. I well, to be fair, to certain, I think he loses the tonfos because there was a point where he tried to like reconjure them and couldn't for some reason. Um, okay. And so he's just bare fist punching huge blocks of ice. To be fair, like yeah. you're probably just going to shatter your hands. Um, True. Aside from the plot armor, but what are you going to do? Um. But yeah, no, I thought the fight was good. I, you know, it was a Mortal Kombat fight, so it was fine. Um, and then I, I agree with you. I'm not a huge fan of the new song. I thought it was fine. Hmm. I think that's about as far as I can go with that. It's fine. They got into Scorpion fatality. They did. What did you, he said that, uh, another Harry Potter reference. Um, crap. I know. I can't remember. Cause you said he died like Voldemort. Oh yeah. Cause he flakes away. I mean, in this away. case, I mean, the guy was incinerated, so yeah, it so kind of makes sense. But it was just like, oh, it's Voldemort flaking away. Okay. I mean, it makes it makes more sense in this mm-hmm. than it did in Harry Potter. It was fucking stupid in Harry Potter, and I will die yeah. by that. So um, one joke that I wanted to throw in here is like, so they they scarred up Scorpion's Menpo, the mask. Mm-hmm. Presumably, be like, oh, he was in hell, because Raiden said that earlier. He's been wandering hell since then, and Scorpion says... Uh, he was able to tame or learn to control the fires of hell. Yeah, they apparently don't have toothbrushes because his teeth were gross, which I don't think they were at the beginning of the movie, but it, w- it was just funny that I don't know if that was intentional or supposed to be from him burning everything. I think we saw his teeth before that when he was talking because he kept taking his... That was another thing that just like earlier when I was saying they kept saying training a thousand times, this felt mm-hmm. like very much like a cut-up scene in that Scorpion kept taking his mask off and then putting it back on and then taking it off and putting it back on and then taking it off and putting it back on. It's like, dude, just just say what you have to say. Yeah. Put the mask on. But so it was clearly like these were spliced scenes 
Uh, mm-hmm. it, which is fine. It just stood out to me even on first watching. I'm like, what? Why is he doing that? Is like, yeah, he was in hell, so it gave him a nervous tick. Maybe. Uh, but anyway, so I agree with you. No toothbrushes in hell, apparently. Uh, yeah. I have to reiterate, I don't like the new Shang Tsung's look. There was actually a point earlier that I forgot to mention. I think it was when they were they first breach Raiden's temple. Uh, Sub Zero kicks in the door, basically freezes open the door, whatever. And Shang Tsung shows up, but when he walks through, it looks like he has regular eyes, and then the CGI kicks in, and his eyes are all black. Yeah, I still haven't. Re- I I need to rewatch that. I don't know if that's if intentional or light, not. Or yeah, yeah. It, I I have to go back because I only noticed that on the second viewing. There are these little things that that showed up that I don't know if that's supposed to be. Yes, he did this because now he's angry. You know what mm-hmm. I mean, or something like that. Um. So I don't like the new Shang Tsung look, but I mentioned early, it, the 95 Shang Tsung will forever be Shang Tsung to me. But yeah. uh, this brings back the the whole, does Raiden choose champions? Because at the end he says, well, what do we do now? Well, I'll get you a new list of champion and we get the the Johnny Cage tease. Um, one thing that I'm I'm curious about is, are Sonya and Jax like AWOL? Yeah, I don't know. Because in the games, they are, there's a bunch of parts where they try to convince their superiors that Outworld is a threat and like there's an imminent invasion and everybody's like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, yeah. what monsters, forearmed creatures, sorcerers, you're insane. Then Mortal Kombat 3 happens and then everybody goes, oh, I guess this is real. And it kind of goes on from there. They found a special uh, branch of the military and stuff like that to, to fight all of the, the threats from outside of Earth. Yeah. Here, it's just like, like I alluded to earlier, it's that that meme of the guy from It's Always Sunny and Sonya in a basement kidnapping people. And like, yeah. does, do, do other people know about this? Is this official? What is happening? Yeah. It's, it's a little confusing. <laughs> definitely is. So, that's, I mean, we didn't cover every scene. We didn't cover every line. There's a lot of things that we could have gone back to. There's a lot of cool things that happened. I know I critiqued a lot of things or maybe not enough from what people said. I tried to call out the critiques from what I saw online, which obviously there's lots of people with both ends of the spectrum. And I think ultimately they could have axed the entire Cole storyline and had not even necessarily another Mortal Kombat character. You don't even need another one. It could have just been only Sonya was on the mission to fight when they said that uh, Jax killed somebody and that's how he got the marking. They were hunting this person. Mm-hmm. It could have been Sonya or Jax. And then the other one suddenly gets roped in because either they were tangentially related or something like they were on the mission or they found debriefed about the mission or whatever happens. And then that the other character is the one that fills the coal asking the questions role. Yeah. And then pretty much everything else I think could have happened, you know, like you'd have to find somebody else to fight Goro, but, or you could cut Reiko and then make Jack's fight Goro. Yeah. And you, there are a bunch of things that would have to change. Obviously you'd lose a whole bunch of the movie, I don't think the Cole thing was necessary. Like, it just wasn't. I mean, I don't think it was necessary. I still enjoyed it. That's the thing. I, despite all of that, I actually like Cole. I thought he was a good addition. I would play him in Mortal Kombat. I mean, realistically, I only play the characters I like, but 
you know, like Cole would be cool to have added to the roster. And I enjoyed him being there. So I think as we started out with that, this would have been, this is fine. Like I do like this, but as a concession to everybody who understandably did not enjoy it, I think they could have done something much closer to the true Mortal Kombat story because this one felt like a mesh of multiple Mortal Kombat's. Obviously, they drew characters from multiple different games. They had characters interacting in ways that weren't really close. They had the brand new character in Cole. They changed the background story in a number of respects for Scorpion and Sub-Zero. You know, there are a lot of things that could have been closer to the the original or the the origins anyway. I think that's okay. I thought it was it was definitely a lot of fun and like I said at the top I'd still recommend it to people. I definitely would. I I mean, I would recommend it to people that would enjoy it. I um, would enjoy it. I I can think of a few people in my friend base who like like me um also get woozy at the sight of blood and I don't think it's going to be their jam, but I can think of other people who would enjoy it. So yeah. Yeah, no, I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was enjoyable. Kano definitely put the whole movie on his back. It, um, oh, for sure. For uh, sure. Yeah, it was definitely a movie that I would willingly watch again. Um, which is a big concession considering the fact that I was nervous to sit down for it in the first place. Yeah, I'm excited to watch this movie again. I'm excited to actually get a copy of it so I can watch it whenever I want. I do now want to get you to watch the animated one because it is closer to the Mortal Kombat story. Uh, I think it is similar in gore level, maybe a little bit higher, but it's not, it's still a cartoon. So like, yes, it's cartoon people, but it, it, there's a difference between that and, I mean, it's a movie, but people, people, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, it's not quite the same for the gore. Um, so you might be able to handle it better. Uh, it also in the, instead of Kano, Johnny Cage is the goofball, Mm -hmm. which kind of brings me back to one other thing that people were complaining that when people were complaining that how can Cole contest Goro? And it's like, everybody look in the 95 movie, Johnny Cage takes out Goro. Now, admittedly, he doesn't just man fight him. He kicks him off a cliff and tricks him. But like. Johnny Cage thought the whole thing was a joke until about five minutes before he fought Goro. Yeah. So, I mean, he wasn't even buying it. And he was a movie star as opposed to all these people that are, I mean, he was a trained martial artist also. Like he was, the whole point of him being there is he was one of the best, but yeah, come on, give me a break. (laughs) Like it's okay. Um, but anyway, any other thoughts, wife, about the, the movie? I know you mentioned a number of things and we're kind of repeating ourselves at this point, but any other closing thoughts? Um, no, I think I would be excited to see a second one, um, with hopefully it's real life and Ryan Reynolds ends up being Johnny Cage. Um, I I think that would legit actually be really cool. It was funny because the Twitter exchange, because he put a a joke up photoshopping his head onto Johnny Cage and then Ed Boon replied to him. He's like, Hey, Ed Boon, I know people out there right now, but he's one of the creators of Mortal Kombat. Um, he said, hey, we should talk. Now, I don't know how much Ed influences this sort of stuff, yeah. but I have a feeling that most people would probably be, like, movie people, I'm thinking, 
like movie executives or whoever makes this happen would probably be okay if Ryan Reynolds said, yeah, I want to be on the Mortal Kombat cast. Well, yeah, because that's instant instant printing money. Yeah, it's if like, they can okay, him, yes. If they can afford him. Yeah, I wonder what the... I don't know what the budget is. I don't follow any of that stuff, so it's... I have no idea, but... Yeah. Um, so aside from Kano and Cole... Well, let, let me put it this way. Sub-Zero or Scorpion? Uh, I don't know. You don't know. You're not going to cop Sub-Zero? out and say Reptile? <laughs> no, I'm not going to cop out and say Reptile. because I'm super like excited. I know we mentioned it earlier about um, Shang Tsung saying death is only a portal. So obviously they could bring any of these people back yeah. and we've repeated. But like Sub-Zero actually has a storyline in Mortal Kombat about him dying and coming back. And I'm super excited to see if they they do that. That would be exciting to say. Like it, it would be cool to have those things. They they alluded to Shao Kahn with a bunch of the statues and things. They could bring a lot of characters and do a lot of different things in here. I have a feeling that obviously since and we said this multiple times, everybody's just gonna have to accept that it's its own universe. So it's like, yeah, they're gonna bring in Noob Cybot. And I'm very curious whether they'll call him Noob Cybot or just Noob. Um, yeah. Whether they bring in smoke, or are they going to go to Order Realm and Chaos Realm? So they have Havoc and Hotaru, or are they going to bring in the Red Dragon, which is super unlikely? Are they going to bring in, you know, arbitrary character or characters, <laughs> whatever? I'm very excited to see where this goes. So I'm looking forward to if there's a Mortal Kombat two, if they rebooted it again in a couple years, because whatever reason, it seems like it's doing very well. But if it didn't and they reboot it again, I'll be just as excited about that. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I really enjoyed it, and like I said, I'm I'm anxious to get my hands on it so that I can watch it some more. And I will watch most of it with you again. <laughs> most of it. But uh, I think that'll do a wife, unless you had any other thoughts you wanted to add? No, I thought it was great. Yeah, all right. Then we'll close it up there. So as always, everybody, thank you for listening, thank you for watching, and Black Lives Matter. <laughs>